Happy New Year! <laughs> Hello and welcome back to Nerd vs. World. This is episode 58, The Nerd Awakens. I'm Brendan. I'm Spindles. Ah, oh, that was a jolly good opening. <laughs> welcome back everyone, Happy New Year. I hope you're all suitably relaxed and recovered after the Christmas break. Um, and I hope you all got suitably drunk or otherwise. Oh hell yes. <laughs> um, should we just... Uh, have a quick just catch up before we dive into today's show. Sure. Because um, if you haven't guessed from the pictures from today's episode, uh, we're mostly going to be talking Star Wars. Before we get into that, let's just talk about some other things, such as recapping 2015. Okay, cool. I was going to say, there are other things that have happened recently other than Star, other than Wars. Star Wars. Oddly, yes. <laughs> How many times have you seen it now? Just the twice. Me too. Ooh. Both 3D. Uh, I, I saw it first in 2D and then went to see it in 3D because I didn't want it to be ruined by 3D if it was done badly. No, the only thing that ruined it um, when I first saw it was the fact that the view in Oxford put the screen lights up like 20 minutes before the end. Yeah. It's like we sat there and I was just like, I could see everybody and everything. I was like, yeah. Okay. It didn't ruin the film. No. The film is still fucking awesome, but we'll get to that later. Yes. There's plenty of time for Star Wars later on. Okay, so other stuff. Well, are, we, are we talking kind of highs and lows of the year? Highs and lows of the thing? year, yeah. Okay. It's kind of our recap episode, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, cool. Okay. Well, do you want to kick off with... Do you want to do... What, you, have you, do you have lists of things? I've got lists of films. Okay. Um, I made a list of every film I watched last year. And all the formats that I watched them in, mainly because I was doing the Ready Player One challenge. Oh, and, and, and spoilers, we didn't manage it. Yeah, no, we, we <laughs> completely <laughs> failed. I think maybe 25, 26 films I, I crossed off I, that I list. I can't remember, and I, I, I haven't checked how many. I, I think there may even be ones that I haven't updated on there. But I, I think I gave up somewhere around October. I updated the list recently and sent it out to a friend. But yeah, no, we didn't finish that. So I sort of worked through the rest of them this year. Um, but no, it's been a pretty good year at the cinema. It has, yeah. Um, so I've got I've got a top ten, but I think we'll keep it to a top five just for sake of brevity. Okay. So at number five, uh, me and Earl and the Dying Girl. Yeah, I remember you talking about this one. There was one of those films which I was really keen on seeing, mainly because I thought it'd be one of those films that would get me emotional, mm. you know, and get that sort of reaction out of me. And it totally did. I mean, I don't recognise any of the cast, really. Not the principal cast. Um, but they were all fantastic. Mm. I think uh, the dying girl, I can't even remember the character's name now, but the actress has been cast in Ready Player One. Oh, right, okay. I think she's Artemis. Um, but yeah, it was just one of those beautiful films. It just turned on... On a sixpence, you know, funny and sort of rite of passage esque in, in sort of its execution at one minute, and then just like the laughs were tears the next, just utterly, utterly broken. Um, but a really, really fantastically well put together film, um, deservedly in my top five for the year. And it beat out some stiff competition. I think just then it just it just pushed Big Hero Six down into yeah, sixth place. Okay, so worth a watch. Cool. Um, four. 
Ant-Man. Yay! Um, which I think, personally, was the better of the two Marvel films this year. Mm. Yeah, out of Age of Ultron and that, yeah. 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 Oh, I, think, I think we've kind of, you know, we've, we've talked over Age of Ultron quite a bit and it, it does feel like a kind of hand passing on the baton film. And I think it suffered because of that. Yeah. Because I watched it again over Christmas and had exactly the same feelings about it. I haven't bought it on Blu-ray yet. I haven't bought any of them because I've been waiting for the Phase 2 box set. I usually buy them straight away when they come out. Ah, uh, you see, because with, with Phase 1, I waited and I got a box set of all of the the, the first Avengers Assemble uh, box set. And I've been waiting for one for Phase 2 and it hasn't appeared. Hmm. So, Weird. I, I, I will probably just go and hoover them all up in a HMV sale or something. That's fair enough. Because I watched Ant-Man at the cinema and I watched it go on Blu-ray. Mm. But Age of Ultron just haven't bothered with that one yet. Uh, uh, number three. This is going right back to the start of the year. Whiplash. Great film, yeah. We watched it not that long ago on, on Sky. And yeah, I really enjoyed yeah. it. Ve- very dark and a very problematic film. It, it, it suffered in the same way as Birdman that Pretty much all the characters in it were unlikable. Yeah. <laughs> but well, it was a really good film. Yeah, and I think J.K. Simmons was great value for his Oscar. Yeah. Um, I think it's it, it's, a, it's a tribute to how good the film is that you can carry off a film and make people come out of it liking the film when it has no likeable yeah. qualities about the people in it. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, number two, Inside Out. I've still not seen that yet. See, I loved that movie. I thought that film was great. Megan uh, loves it, but I've, I've just not got around yeah. to watching it yet. Um, I love all the little nuances in it. I love the fact that whenever Riley loses one of her sort of memory islands, it's always because anger has been in charge. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I commented on Facebook at the time that Amy Poehler was perfectly cast and really brings joy to life, the character of joy to life, especially as joy is as close to a villain as the movie gets, mm. like in her treatment of sadness and her sort of trying to suppress that emotion and insisting that she has no part in Riley's sort of well-being. Yeah. Um, and yeah, it's got some absolute sort of gut punches mm. of emotional moments in there. So yeah, that's been my big key for this year: emotional films. Mm-hmm. Um, and of course, in my number one film of the year. There's a huge emotional gut punch, which we'll get to later. <laughs> but yeah, unsurprisingly, Star Wars Force Awakens is my number one film of the year. Yeah, no, fair play. Okay, so I'm just trying to find my list. I, I don't necessarily have a list of, of, of films. I have a list of kind of highs and lows of the year that I'd kind of compiled. Some of them are films, some of them not so much. Okay. So, uh, okay, so uh, I'll, I'll do I'll do lows first, and then we'll we'll, we'll go finish on the highs. Yeah. So lows for me, probably one of the biggest disappointments of the year was Constantine being cancelled. Yeah. Without a doubt, I think that would that has to be one of my lowest points of the year because I was thoroughly enjoying the show, couldn't wait for it to come back, and then it just went. Uh, there was the brief glimmer of hope when they when it came back on Arrow. Uh, and now there's. Uh, I was mulling over this the other day and thinking about how now they're, they're doing the, the Sandman live action. It would be interesting to put Constantine in that because he turns up in the first graphic novel. Yeah. So it would be. I think that would be really good if you brought Matt Ryan in and just put him in as Constantine in that and just try and get him in as Constantine in every possible Anything, yeah. medium. <laughs> 
get him doing audio plays and all sorts of stuff just to kind of go, yes, that cement his place as being Constantine. Yeah, because he was. The, the guy was a genius. Yeah, and he, he was nailed perfect. It. <laughs> so, yeah, that was a low for me. Um, Fear the Walking Dead, I think, was probably one of my biggest disappointments of the year. Um, yeah, I agree with that, purely because if it had been anything that I wanted it to be, I would have kept watching it, but I didn't, I stopped. Yeah, and it was so. six episodes, and even I waned at the end and didn't really yeah. pay attention for the final episode. I, uh, I just found some of the main characters frustrating, and I think it, it's probably down to the fact that we're so embedded in the proper Walking Dead series that to see it at the start, everybody is just behaving in a manner that you go, well, that'll just get you killed. Oh, look, it did. And, <clears throat> yeah, so I, I think it probably suffered from the from how popular Walking Dead has been and, and how good that's been, that uh, Fear the Walking Dead, I felt, was just way too slow. Way too slow. Uh, other lows, some of these are a bit tongue-in-cheek. Losing the podcasting games at Nine Worlds, I was gutted about that. By the half a point that you gave away. <laughs> yes, by the forgetting the name Wayland yutani No, well, not, not Wayland yutani forgetting... It was um, uh, the Tyrell Corporation. The Tyrell Corporation, because yeah. I couldn't get Wayland yutani out of my bloody head. So, yeah, I was I was gutted, utterly gutted about losing that. That's all right, we can do it, we can, we can win it this year. We, we, we can, we can recover. I want, I want to enter it and win this year. <laughs> Um, so another low point for me this year, and this is it, it, more of a kind of general thing, was all the the, the problems surrounding this year's Hugo's. Yeah, I, I think that brought the entire science fiction community into disrepute. Um, yeah, there was a lot of problems on both sides of the fence there, and the fact that it all happened in the first place, I think, has has just cast a bit of a black shadow over the year for me. Yeah. Uh, so I'm I'm hoping that we won't have any kind of recurrence of that next year, but I. Yeah. Well, we'll, we'll have we'll, to wait and see. We'll have to wait and see, but yeah, it's it's horrible to think that uh, a community mostly made up of people who've faced exclusion throughout most of their formative years can then turn around and be exclusionary yeah. to other people. It's just completely wrong. Yeah, so that was definitely a low point for yeah. me this year. Uh, and I guess my last low point is just all, all the deaths this year. It's been horrendous the amount of people we've lost this year. Uh, I, I just yeah needs to stop. Don't yeah. like it. Yeah. <laughs> Too many feels. Yeah. Yeah, so many feels. Uh, Pratchett, especially. Yeah, just, the, the list is just huge yeah. of the amount of people this year. Nimoy, it just it, it, oh, it was a bad, bad year. I, 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 I can see the reel at the Oscars now just yeah. being really bad this year. Yeah. Um. So anyways, that's that, th- those were my low points of the year. I think just to add a few low points to that, Mostly film related again, I guess that's my kind of thing. Um, but Jurassic World, mm. yeah, fair enough, was just the biggest letdown of the year for me. Mm. More so than Terminator Genesis. Terminator Genesis, I knew was probably going to be shit, so I wasn't surprised when it was. But Jurassic World, I had high hopes for. Um, but yeah, okay. So, on to some highs to lighten things up a bit now. Yeah. Uh, Marvel on uh, Marvel TV shows. Yeah, Th- this year has been stunning for Marvel TV. Started out early on with Agent Carter, and then just got better with Daredevil and with Jessica uh, Jones. Jessica Jones. Uh, just uh, I-, I cannot praise Marvel enough for the TV shows that they're doing at the moment. Yeah, uh, even Agents of Shield it, it, that's gone amazingly well this season as well. So I have nothing but praise for Marvel and their and their TV universe. Long may it continue. <laughs> Yeah, completely agree. 
Um, another bit of a weird one is a film. It's one that my brother introduced me to this year that I hadn't heard of before. It was Snowpiercer. Ah, oh, that's based on a comic. Yeah. Yeah. I thoroughly enjoyed that film. Okay. Uh, for, for those who don't know about it, it's the story of the last remnants of humanity. Uh, basically, it's a post-apocalyptic. The sun's been blocked out, so the earth is frozen. And the last of humanity are on a nuclear-powered train that is constantly circling the earth. Uh, so it has heating on board and stuff. And the social strata has been created based on what class ticket people had when they boarded the train in the first place. So you have, you know, the, the first class ruling society and then as it gets further down the train then you get the kind of lower working classes and it's about a revolt on the train from the, from the lower classes. And it was a fantastic film. Uh, the cast blew me away. I, I had no idea until the end of the film who the main actor was in it. Uh, I don't know whether I should say whether we give it away. Well, it's, it's Luke Evans. Okay. And he's completely unrecognisable from anything I've seen him in because he, he's got a beard and he's just he's hidden under a mass of facial hair and hair and he just looks completely different to how I've seen him in any film recently. So I just didn't recognise him at all. Awesome. And saw the end credits and was like, oh my God, really? Wow. So yeah, fantastic film. I'd thoroughly recommend it. It's, it's on Netflix. So I'll check it out. If you get the chance to watch it, go and watch it. Probably watch it tonight. Cracking film. Um couple of personal ones for me for the year uh, obviously I, I had a short story printed so I was massively happy this year that was my one of my biggest achievements ever I think so I was well happy about that uh, and then just the conventions we've done this year yeah, absolutely that was I, gonna, I was gonna say that's my one of my big personal highlights this year yeah it's got to be the sci-fi weekender yeah like entering the the quiz on Thursday night the warm-up quiz winning it I'm going to have people come up to us and say, are you Nerd vs. World as in the podcast Nerd vs. World? I'm mm. like, yeah. And then just getting high fives yeah. from people. And like meeting people who listen to the show is possibly the greatest thing ever. Yeah. Love it. Absolutely love it. Um, and we're looking forward to meeting a hell of a lot yeah. more of you this year. But that was that, that made my entire weekend because like, there was a lot of things going on at work for me before I started the drive to... to Wales, mm. which kind of put me in a bit of a, a shitty mood. Um, but I stopped off in the hills in Sidonia on the drive up and sort of took some time and chilled out. And then that, that first night, just being greeted by people who were fans, was just, like, incredible. Yep. Terry just levelled me out and made my weekend. Like, I interviewed, well, we interviewed Sylvester McCoy in his cabin that weekend, and he's my doctor um, and a personal hero. But you guys high fiving us was still a level above <laughs> on terms of my highlights for that weekend. That was pretty rad. Yeah, so it was that, and I think yeah, it, it's all all the interviews and stuff we've done this year. Just that the caliber of people that we've met has just been outstanding. So I've, uh, yeah, last year just blew me away entirely in terms of how much we we did on the convention scene. And yeah. I can only hope we do more this year. And I will try and go further in the UK finals of Catan <laughs> this year. Should I get that far? That was just so bizarre. But really good fun. Yeah. Yeah, the conventions have definitely been a big plus. And then my last highlight of the year, as a wonderful segue, was Star Wars. Yeah. So, let's just get straight into it. <laughs> I mean, like, how good did it feel to come out of that film and not have to try and defend it. Yeah. 
and, and not yeah. feel like it was a bad film that you needed to to protect. Yeah. But just being able to go, yeah, no, I liked it because it was fucking awesome. Yeah. Um, it, everything about it just felt better. Um, obviously, there's some CGI in there, but you could tell that it was mostly blue screen on location rather than shot entirely on a green screen stage yeah. and filled in. Um, the acting was a step above from the prequels. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was discussing this with some of the film staff here and my reasoning for that my my thought process is that when they were doing the prequels green screening uh was still fairly new so acting the sort of actors didn't know how to act with green screens yeah. but like we're so far on now that like these guys have come through drama schools and colleges where they probably had to do this sort of thing yeah. so they've got techniques now for acting with green screen presences um and it was just great it it showed in like the improved performances from like all the principal cast. Um, I loved that the world felt lived in. I loved that I came away caring about the characters. Yeah, very. You know, much I so. want to know what happens to Kylo Ren. I want to know what happens to to Ray and to Finn and to Poe. Um, I want to know what happens to Chewie. You know, poor Chewie. Um, but like with the prequels, I couldn't give a shit. It was like I know where the prequel trilogy was ending, mm. and nothing in the performances made me give a damn about mm. where they were going. Plus, it felt like with the prequels, it felt like um, there was this big world plot, and that was the focus. And Anakin and his sort of descent into the dark side was just kind of a subplot of this yeah. wider world plot. Whereas with the Force Awakens, it was character driven again. Yes, it was a story of yeah, these people. Of, of the people. And, like, make no bones about it, it is essentially a new hope. Oh, it is. It, it, it's, 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 it's a new hope with a bit of empire tacked yeah, on the end. you know. It, it follows the same sort of um, narrative arc. Oh, yeah. It, it's and, essentially I mean, it's shot for shot homage in certain yeah. places, you know. Yeah, and, like, literally, I think if you put them side, play them side by side, you probably find that... The timings I, are about the same. Yeah, 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 yeah. Especially for the, the two key deaths in yeah. the two films. Um, but I don't think that's a bad thing. I think it worked. I think what it did is it established the new the state of the new universe. Yeah, yeah. It tied it up to the old one. It left a few questions. It asked a few questions. It answered quite a few. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, I'd, all in all, I thought it was it was outstanding. The, you know, I, I had a couple of picky problems with it, but I guess we'll get onto those. But uh, let's go for it. Uh, well, no, I, m- m- most of my issues are just kind of weird reactions from characters to stuff. Like, for example, after, after the you know the, the big death when they come back and they land back on the planet again, and and uh, Chewie gets off the Falcon and walks straight past Leia, and Leia completely ignores him and waits for Ray. Didn't even twig with that. And I was like, well, you know, they built up Chewie and Leia's relationship earlier on in the film yeah, with yeah. them giving each other hugs and stuff. And then at that moment, for, for that to have happened and for the two of them not to even acknowledge each other's presence felt really wrong. And then there's a back shot of, of Leia hugging Ray and Chewie just kind of mingling around the, the celebrating crowd. Yeah, I was, I, 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 that just struck a weird note with me. It felt like a missed opportunity there, as if it was just crowbarred in. So I don't know. 
that that just left a bit of a sour taste for me. Okay. I completely missed that. Mm. I've seen it twice now. Yeah, it, it was more obvious the second time because I was I was watching for it to kind of see how it had actually been done. It just struck me the first time. I was just like, what? what? Chewie's just walked straight past her. I was like, okay, that's a bit odd. And then I watched it the next time and Leia just completely blanks him. Well, it's impl- okay. Well, it's, it's kind of implied that she knows that he's died. Well, yes, it, it it's totally that she feels that you know that through the force that he's dead. Yeah, that's fine. We we know she's force sensitive, but we also know that she hasn't trained to be a Jedi. So maybe she's just given Chewie space. <laughs> I don't know. Fuck it. I don't know. You're reaching now. <laughs> uh, I I don't think there was a reason for it, other than I think they thought it would make. A, a more resonant ending if it was Leia and Ray that had the hug instead of Leia and Chewie. It's a weird choice. Because the sensible option would have been Leia and Chewie. Yeah, yeah, for sure. You know, they knew him and, yeah. Yeah. She basically met him a couple of days previously. So, it was a bit odd. Mm, okay. That's not one that's actually, that's not a complaint or anything I've actually heard before. Mm. So that's a new one. Okay. What other things? Other things. Um, well, obviously, there's there's just the ludicrous decisions of the <laughs> the first order to build a bigger Death bigger Star. Bigger Death Star, yeah. Because <laughs> the first two went down so well. <laughs> so let's just make it bigger and have a planet. Make this one eat a sun. Like, well, why don't you just have it eating suns? That's a big enough destructive yeah, capability yeah. than having to deal with converting it into a laser. <clears throat> just, yeah, pilot the planet somewhere, suck the sun dry, everyone dies. And it does feel like an awful, like, all the eggs in one basket. Yeah. Because I'm thinking now for the for episode eight, what's happened to the First Order? They pretty much all just been destroyed in one... Like, well, yeah, because they were all move. on they were all base. There. Yeah. Um, we know that Kylo Ren and General Hex have... Um, we know they survived, survived. and they, they went off to find uh, Lord Driveled Face. Yeah, Lord Snoke. Snoke, that's it. Um, Andy Serkis. Darth Plagueis, or whatever his name is, we think. Mm. Um, yeah, and I'm, I'm hoping Captain Phasma has survived as well. I would otherwise, hope so, because she was massively yeah. underplayed. Otherwise, what was the point for even being in there, apart yeah. from to be the new Boba Fett character of, like... However, looks, has looks been cool. completely superseded by the one stormtrooper with the twirly baton. <laughs> Who's now the hero of that film. He's now the cult Boba Fett out of that film. True. Who's TR-8R. That's pretty badass. <laughs> so yeah, I'm kind of I'm kind of hoping that Captain Phasma becomes sort of like this dubious antagonist where she has beef with both Kylo Ren and the remnants of the First Order and Ray and Finn mm. and this, some sort of like enemy of my enemies, my friend sort of things going on. Yeah, because I mean, obviously there there is the relationship there between her and Finn, and yeah. more of a relationship I think between her and and the general rather than her and Kylo Ren. I think yeah. is is that right? Because she she was the general's kind of right hand. Stormtrooper rather than Wrens. Rather than Wrens, yeah. Yeah. Um, we'll see. Yeah, I, I, I'd like it to come back. I, mean, I, th- I think that the fact that they said about putting her in a trash compactor means that I would say that she's still around. Yeah. Um, 
trying to think of what else I want to see from the next film. But where do you think it's going to go? Well, I mean, there are some pretty big questions. Yeah, so... Let's tackle some of the big ones. Okay, so... Um, what's the relationship between Ray and Luke, then? Do you think it's as obvious as the father-daughter? I don't think so. I think I, I read a, a theory today that posits that she's Obi-Wan's Grand granddaughter. Daughter, yeah. Which I think has a lot of mileage. Okay, it makes... Um, Makes Star Wars less about the Skywalker family, yeah, and more about up the, the Kenobi, yeah. Because he, I think it was positive that you know he is the hero. He's the only one in it that is unsullied, that doesn't turn to the dark side at any at any point whatsoever. He is always the hero. He is always proud. He is always right, and just and proper. It's kind of a bit dubious in the Clone Wars cartoon series, though. Is he All General right. Kenobi? Yeah, yeah. Like, he does trick Padme into doing things against her will. Right. But I think it's... There's a lot of nods to the fact that it could be in terms of, you know, how, how she does the mind control and stuff. Yeah. I really I really liked the sound design of this Star Wars. Yeah, of the way they, they do the kind of mind probing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And um, I liked that... The, I liked the Force use wasn't massive and blatant in your face um, but I think my favourite scene of force use in the movie is when that poor guy goes and tells Kylo Ren that they haven't got the droid and then Ren just fucking smashes up the console Yeah. and then he talks about them having help getting off the planet he just turns and force grabs him mm. into a force choke you just see him fly across the room into his. that was fucking sweet I was like, that is how a bad guy would use the force. Mm. I, I really liked the offhand, although probably utterly wildly impractical, stopping of a blaster bolt at the start. That was pretty sweet too. <laughs> yeah. I oh. thought that was really well done. Oh, that opening as well. Oh. It was, yeah, it was something else. So brutal. Yeah. And you just get the feeling that the First Order a step up on the Empire in terms of brutality and sort of single-minded devotion to their cause. Their cause being build giant, lasery, shooty planets. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> their, their, their cause being do exactly what everyone's done before them, but bigger. <laughs> like, GG, guys. Well done. Um, in their defence, they did at least cover the exhaust port. <laughs> this is true, and they and, and they did have shields that only, only a crazy pilot could get through <laughs> at light speed. Yeah. Ah, uh, so good though. It was. It was. It was fantastic. So, <clears throat> the complaints I've been hearing out of it are about basically Ray kicking Kylo Ren's ass at the end. A lot of the people who okay. I've seen, I haven't seen many people have a problem with the film, which is good. Most, mostly, it's been on my Twitter and my Facebook. It's been universally well received, mm-hmm. which is right and fair I think because it's a very very good film um, doesn't do anything groundbreaking to the story we've established it's a retelling of A New Hope mixed with Empire um, I think Kevin Smith said it's like someone gave J.J. Abrams a camera and he just filmed himself playing with his old Star Wars toys <laughs> reenacting A New Hope the way yeah, he would fair. and that's totally fair yeah, yeah. Um, but people who are taking issue with it seem to be taking issue with the fact that Ray goes from being 
a nobody mm-hmm. to suddenly handing Kylo Ren his ass in that final fight. Mm-hmm. And I saw these complaints after the first time I saw it. And I didn't hold much truck with them mm-hmm. um, because I don't know whether these same people would be complaining about Luke Skywalker going from having no idea about the Force to blowing up the Death Star with one shot. I think they probably would because he does exactly the same thing. Yeah. You know, if they're complaining about Ray doing this, then they have to be complaining about Luke Skywalker yeah. doing that. Is the bottom line. Um, I think people. I have more than an issue, more of an issue with Finn holding his ground against Kylo Ren with a lightsaber than I do Ray. Yeah. <laughs> but Finn does get fucked up. He does eventually, <laughs> but he does pretty well. Yeah. Um, I, and so I guess the fact that Finn does pretty well goes to show that Kylo Ren is, potentially isn't very good at using a lightsaber at this point. Because we don't know his history. We don't know how, how good he's supposed to be with it. The, the only time we see him using it is when he's hacking apart inanimate objects. Yeah, and we do see the flashback with the lightsaber um, when Ray touches the lightsaber. Mm. Oh, yes. Where yeah. it flashes back to him and the Knights of Ren behind him and then just fucking dead bodies mm. everywhere. So we can assume he's pretty handy. Because... That looks like unless he gets the rest of them to do it for him, maybe. Because that looks to be Luke's uh, new Jedi New Order, yeah, or new Jedi Order yeah. rather, um, which he's just destroyed. Yeah, um, and I think it's pointing out. Someone said that the Knights of Ren helmets, the ones behind Kylo Ren, have a Mandalorian feel about them. Yeah, right. Okay. So that'd be fucking sweet. But yeah, no. Back to the Ray thing. I think we're just seeing sexism again in possibly yeah commentary commentary, um, and they're just they're, their issue isn't that she handled her own, she she didn't handle her own to the same level that Luke Skywalker did. Um, she knew the legends of the Force. It's it's implied throughout the film that she's aware of it and she's mm. heard stories she knows what can be done yeah which is why when she escapes you see her try three times with the whole you will yeah no she's she knows something happened when she forced Kylo Ren out of her mind and mm. read his so she knows there's something there and that that evolution of the character was great yeah and if you watch yeah, this, I thought so because every time she got better was after someone after he'd been using the force on her, her that yeah. she gets better absolutely because like Kylo Ren kicks her ass mm. until the point where he has got her balanced over the edge of the cliff mm. and he's like you need training let me train you mm. and then she's just like fuck yeah the force yeah <laughs> yeah and then she calls upon the power of the force yeah. and kicks his ass i think i think there is absolutely nothing wrong with that narrative arc across no. the st- across the course of that film and i think anyone who's got an issue with that needs to check themselves because I think their their issue is more that it's a, a strong female character doing the ass kicking mm. um, so I think if you're complaining about that you've probably just outed yourself as a mm. bigot are we going to touch on on the uh, on that as a wider issue of the, the whole where's Ray hashtag um, I saw the thing about the Monopoly set and I read Hasbro's response saying that the reason she wasn't in there is because the set was commissioned in September before the film was released and uh, they didn't want to have spoilers. Mm-hmm. And it's just like, 
unless there's a community chess card in that version of Monopoly that says, if you are playing Ray, mm. congratulations, you just beat Kylo Ren. It's just like, I don't see their argument. No, because we always knew there was a female character yeah. in it who was a main character called Ray. Yeah, and they're just talking utter shit. Yeah. And, and I'm not sure how it would be a spoiler, but if there's a spoiler in that Monopoly game, and it's not due to be released until after the film was released anyway, then what's the fucking point? Yeah. What's, the, what's the problem? Uh, I guess I... Just I, deal with I, it. I had a bigger problem with it when we, we went into Toys R Us just after Christmas and we were just looking at all the Star Wars toys and it was glaringly apparent there were none there with Rey at all. The Out of all the Star Wars figures and sets, there, were, there was one kind of Build-A-Figure Rey Star Wars Lego but there were no figures of her anywhere. There was no sets, including her. And I was I was a bit put out. Well, Hasbro did have a uh, a, a model of Ray, but that has been sold out everywhere. Mm. So that's part of the issue. Um, but yeah, the bigger sets. There's like a big sort of box set of all the principal characters. So you've got uh, Finn, and you've got Poe, and you've got Kylo Ren. Mm. But you haven't got Ray in that box set, yeah. which is dumb. It's like it's the same reason that Black Widow was missing from the Avengers box set. Yeah, the, I mean the the only figure that I saw was a set of Ray with her new speeder, but it was Ray with all the bandana and the the, the goggles on, so you couldn't tell yeah. who she was. And um, again, I was I was so yeah, I've been a bit miffed. At the representation there, um, yeah, it's it's been shocking, and it's, the the problem is that it's not just Ray in Star Wars. It's uh, Gamora from Guardians of the Galaxy. Yeah. It's Black. It's Widow something from... that's been building and has been apparent for a while now. But I think it became it even more sharply into focus when such a big character. Yeah, because it's it's the lead character. I mean. Don't get me wrong, that that letter from an eight-year-old that went uh, viral, well, yeah. bullshit was that yeah. written by an eight-year-old. I'm calling, I'm calling utter yeah, yeah, yeah. shenanigans yeah. on oh, that. God, yeah. um, just because the just of, because of the clauses used in that, yeah. and like the way it's written. Mm. I mean, fair enough. Someone else has written it and passed it off as an eight-year-old, and it's got awareness, which is the thing it should be doing. But um, yeah, I'm not buying into that shit. But it's it's I don't even know how to start talking about it because it's a feminist it's a, it's a feminism issue yeah and, th- and this is why we need it um but i get to a point with these things now where i'm just completely exasperated yeah the fact that we have to keep having the conf- the conversation yeah i guess once again it comes back to the age-old joss whedon comment of you know why do you write strong female characters yeah. because you keep asking, asking me that, that question. question yeah i mean because I've, I've got myself uh a ray figure but it's bobbleheads mm. so in the pop vinyl collection she's there and the pop vinyls have um black widow and gamora oh, yeah, as pop, well pop vinyls. they're the pop vinyls there's anything to sell pop vinyls yeah. <laughs> <laughs> representation is great yeah um yeah i posted a picture of my of my ray figure Along with a couple of paragraphs expressing my disgust at sort of men's rights activists, mm. there's some video went round this fucking moron saying it was called "Why I Walked Out of Star Wars: The Force Awakens," and he says that he walked out halfway through 
because of Ray. Basically, because there's a, a female character, like who was meant to be like the new Luke Skywalker, and she was like better than like trained Jedi and shit. shit. And this guy walked out, and I was just like, "You're a fucking moron." Yeah. That's fine. You're no lost. Yeah, in the franchise. Actually, yeah. <laughs> we won't miss you. And, and and the other fucking issue with this movie as well, of course, well, it's not an issue, but the other bunch of wankers protesting it were. Um, white supremacists mm. saying they boycott it because of Finn yeah and they're saying that they, they think that their boycott cost um, the film 4.2 million and they were like you know, I, I bet big Disney are up. crying yeah, yeah. <laughs> over that loss yeah. you're 4.2 million in the 1 billion plus <laughs> it made inside 12 days yeah it's now a drop in the fucking ocean yeah indeed Nah, no. Please do continue your yeah. protests and ignore all the rest of them so I don't have to listen to you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but this is kind of what sci-fi should be doing though, right? Mm, God, yeah, sci-fi showing, should be... Showing, yeah. a, showing, showing a future that is different to our present um, and mixing sort of realistic hopes and dreams and ambitions well, I guess it's with... not even showing it where it's different to normal it's just it's just it being normal I think that's what it shows is that it, 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 I mean it different... should be normal yeah yeah but I mean in terms of the viewers right oh right okay the, the viewers um, uh, point of reference for what is the norm hmm. but good sci-fi should challenge this and good sci-fi does I think I think John Campbell was very keen on that um, back in the golden age hmm. Of sci-fi, and of course Roddenberry was massively keen on that with Star Very Trek. Very much so. And I'm all for uh, female protagonist mm. in Star Wars. Star Wars has got a very good history of strong female characters, and this is like the first time as well um, where I think we can say strong female character does equal a feminist icon. Cause it doesn't always. Mm. work out that way I think that's kind of where there's some issue of understanding um, but Rey is certainly both and she's not alone in the Star Wars universe because Leia was as well mm. so is Ahsoka Tano so any number of the female Jedi Melis Kura I guess the, the the only thing and this is this is more of a weird critique of the character is that she does seem to do everything she's the mechanic she's the fighter she's the scavenger, she, she she seems to cover all bases and be amazing at everything. Um, and I don't know whether they've just thrown too much at the character. Maybe. Uh, she's been on Jakku for a very long time, since she was a child. She's had to survive there. I mean, I get the impression that actually that Junker, the big guy, mm. likes her. Yeah, oh yeah. yeah. I, I, he's, he doesn't seem to be angry when she steals the falcon and leaves... He seems more concerned, so I think he was obviously tasked with looking after her. Asking Simon Pegg. Yeah, and like <laughs> the reason the reason he's giving her such a hard time in terms of rations is because he doesn't want to draw attention to the fact that she's important to him. Yeah. Um, but I would say she's probably been able to pick up any number of skills that she needs to survive, mm. and you know, being a scrapper and a salvager and fixing things up. She'll pick up those skills. Hmm. One person was just like the, the fucking men's rights activist again, who was complaining about her doing everything. It's just like, 
Man, she flies the Millennium Falcon better than Han Solo does. And he's been flying for like 60 years. And I was just like, he's not even 60 years old. Yeah. So get over yourself. Yeah. And plus, it's established in the film that the Falcon had been stolen from someone who'd been stolen from someone else. Yeah. Who had stolen it from Han Solo. He hasn't seen it for a while. She has. She knows what's been done to it. <sighs> I get frustrated by idiots <laughs> on the internet. Like, there's that, that meme... Um, where the guy is just at his desk and the voice in the says, you coming to bed? And he's like, I can't, dear. Someone's wrong on the XKCD. internet. KCD. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it's one of my favourites. That's just me. If someone's wrong on the internet, I just <laughs> cannot get away from yeah, it. Yeah, My news resolution for 2016 should be to um, walk away from idiots <laughs> Count to 10 online. Before Count before responding. Count to 10 before writing a blog. <laughs> Yeah. But then what would we do on the show? That's pretty much all the show is. Well, yeah. It's just responding to idiots on the internet. I'm okay with that. We're secure with that. <laughs> yeah. So, any any Easter eggs you noticed? Um, I noticed second time round. I missed it the first time round, but second time round, when Finn is patching up Chewie and he's going through the stuff on the Falcon, he picks up um, the, the remote, tra- the, remote, the train yeah. droid. But aside from that, no, I wasn't really looking out for them. On my second watch, I spotted the Daniel Craig cameo by his voice. Ah, uh, okay. It was something that he said uh, I think when he comes back in the room in the first place and says that he'll you know, tie her up and uh, that she's a traitor or whatever. And it was something he said in the voice there. I was like, that's Daniel Craig. And it was. I yeah. checked afterwards because I, I, I didn't know. I knew he was in it as a, in, with a cameo as a stormtrooper, but I didn't know where. Uh, I heard his voice. I was like, oh, "It's got to be there!" Like, Yay! I was right. There's a couple of lines that were switched up, like mm. um, the, the magnitude line came in there again. Mm. Um, and did you spot the Wilhelm scream? No. Uh, it's at the beginning when Poe and Finn blast their way out of the Tie Fighter hangar. Right. Okay. No, I missed that. Yeah, I caught that one. <laughs> Um. Cool. Uh, other big questions then. Yes, I guess. Uh, who is Lord Snoke? Do we think there's a couple of theories? There are a few theories. Um, I I, I don't know. I I think he's a n other dark Jedi. I don't think he's Darth Vader. No. That people are positing today. No. Yeah. No, I don't think so. I, yeah, I don't think that. I don't think that screenshot is no. accurate anyway. No. But yeah, the the, the line up with the scars just seems too 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 handy. Yeah, I I don't think it is. He's something else, you know. I, I have visions of him only being about like three foot high in a dark version of Yoda. <laughs> when you finally see him, just because every time you see him, he's huge and he's a hologram. When you finally see him, he's got to be like three foot tall. Dark Yoda. Um, the other theory then is that he's. I'm going to get this pronunciation terribly wrong. Um, is it Darth Plagueis? Mm. Plagueis? Mm. Um, basically Palpatine's master. Yeah. Um, and the evidence for this is the fact that the music cue is the same as it is in Revenge of the Sith mm-hmm. when Palpatine is telling Anakin about this powerful Sith Lord right. who mastered the ability to come back from death. Right. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Now, I don't know whether he's going to be... I was talking to my, to my mate Loz about this. Um, 
and whether he's an actual real tangible physical presence or whether he is just a really powerful force ghost but a sith force ghost is yet to be seen but like the sith force ghost would be pretty interesting mm, well yeah because we've not seen one of them yet only because and this is what's pointed out if he is real and physical and actually alive and vital then they broke the rule of two yes there, there is always apprentice and, and a master, master. Um, so yeah unless he was dead and then came and back and then came back this was dead, and then you know he got better. Yeah. Well, you know, apparently maybe. Palpatine says he can do that. So. Well, maybe that's just it. Maybe. Maybe he just stays dead until he needs to come back again and goes, "Hey, I'll come and train a new one then." Perhaps. But it could be a case of like Darth you know, Boomerang. you come back as a Force Ghost because you have that power, and like, if you're a Force Ghost, you're clearly still connected to the Force, mm. so you can still power and channel it. So yeah, maybe over like what thirty years. Since Palpatine bought the big one, he's been slowly channeling his force. Or maybe it's not a hologram after all, it's just a giant force ghost. <laughs> also cool. <laughs> but I think we'll find out for sure next time because Ren is on his way. Indeed. To complete his training. Yes. What, was killing your father not enough? Well, apparently not. <laughs> Fucking hell. I mean, yeah, we've we've skirted it around, seems to, but it, it, it's going back to the original one where you know Luke has to complete his training, and apparently his completing his training is to go back to Dagobah, and Yoda says, "Yeah, you completed your training." So it's not there isn't actually anything to do; it's just, just to kind just of sign back. off. Yeah, it's just like it in Warcraft when you go back to come to hand the quest <laughs> yeah, in. Absolutely, yeah, yeah. You go. Uh, uh, am I a Jedi? Yes, you are now. Yeah. <laughs> oh man, the Warcraft trailer trailer plays before um, the Force Awakens. Yes. That looks fucking mental. Excited for that. Um, so yeah, we've kind of skirted around the whole Han Solo dying well, thing. Th- this was the big, the, the big one the to big come back thing, to at yeah. the end. Is, is should Han Solo have died? Was it the right thing? What do you reckon? Um, or is he dead? Well, he's been he's he's in the cast for the next one. Mm-hmm. Uh, but my thinking is that there'll be a number of flashbacks I think there's going to be flashbacks in the next episode um, so that's not that's not giving anything away no. in terms of whether he's alive or not no. I think I, I don't think he is I think he's dead I think he's dead I think, you know if you fall into the middle of a planet which then explodes yeah, yeah. I'd you're say fun. you're pretty much dead um, my heart is saying no it was the wrong thing to do why would you do that why why no don't why but my head is like it kind of makes sense. Mm, I think so. I, I, I don't know about you, but the moment he stepped out on the bridge, I knew it was going to happen. Yeah. Last year, or maybe even 2014 now, um, I put up a link. I think it was. It might even have been Geek Pride. I put up this rumor for Star Wars with a massive spoiler, and I clicked on it, and it was that Han Solo was going to die in this movie, and I was just. Like, fuck, 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 why? Why did I even click on that link? And I put up a post on my, on my page saying, look, sometimes spoilers are out there and you get curious and you click on them anyway, even though you know you shouldn't. I've just clicked on one from this site. If you are in any way a fan, do not click on this spoiler. Do not... I think I remember seeing yeah, your post about that. Do not try and satiate your curiosity here. It's just not worth it. If I could go back in time and unsee what I've just seen, I would... Um, so when I sat down for the film 
and he steps out on the gangplank. I was just like, yep, yeah. looks like they were right. Mm. And it's just like, you were, you were right 16 months ago, but that was a fucking dick spoiler to post. Yeah. Um, but saying that, that scene still got me the second time I saw it. Mm. Oh, yeah. It's just the way he sort of like touches his face as he mm. dies. It's like he knows, it's like he knew what was going to happen. Yeah, and I think he did. The whole time, and just forgives him. Yeah. Like, Han Solo's last act is to forgive his son for killing him. It's yeah. just like, that is a complete character arc for yeah. the rogue Han Solo. Yeah. And it was perfect. I, well, mean, I, I think I, I want perfect. to see more of, of how their relationship was, and I hope that we see that in terms of flashbacks yeah. from, the, from the next couple of films. Because... I mean, I, I, I'm having real trouble reconciling in my mind how the son of Han and Leia can have ended up in this in this mess. Yeah, it doesn't make sense, does it? It's just no. Like, but all all that we get is that Han says he had too much Vader in him. Yeah. Um, I think maybe it was the movie Bob points out that's the first time that that's said of anyone. Yeah. I think. Well, it's said there's too much of his father in him to Luke. Yeah, but not Vader. He's, he's never named, is he? He's never named, but yeah, that was the that's the kind of the, the big recognition there of of Han kind of going, yeah, well, yeah, his granddad was Darth Vader. Yeah. <laughs> he's obviously been back to Endor at some point and picked up the the, the burnt head, which is a bit weird. Yeah. Um, and how did Maz uh, get? Luke's lightsaber. Indeed, because that was the, the one that fell off Cloud City. Yeah. Like she says, that's a story for another time. Mm. Which I guess is... That's got to be an episode eight. Well, and it, that also depends on whether she survived the assault or not, because we don't see her, do we? No. That whole set was a was a, was a real set. Mm. That was, was awesome. the set. That was the set that Kevin Smith was on. Yeah. Just like, oh, wow, they built that and then destroyed it. Motherfuckers. But that's kind of that why this film was so... District. Was it? Yeah. Fuck. But like, that's why it was so good. Like, just the real fucking practical effects and the real sets. And that, the the, the um, Jedi temple at the end is a real place. Nice. It's Skellig Michael, I think it's called. It's uh, an island... And and it's it's literally an abandoned monastery. Nice. So all those things, all those steps, all the buildings and everything are there. Um, oh, that was the thing. Is actually talking about the island at the end. Um, when Kylo Ren is interrogating Rey, and like he's digging into her mind, he sees yeah. her thinking about the of island. That island. Yes. And it's just like. Why would she ever be thinking of an island? Indeed. At any point. She's lived on a desert world pretty much all her life. First time she sees trees, she's like, I didn't know this much green existed. So, like, she is clearly sort of prescient with the Force. Definitely. I picked up on that the second second time time round. I got that. I was like, ooh. Yeah, second time I was just like, ooh, that's kind of like... Giving clues as to her force abilities. And the other Easter egg that points towards her uh, potential grandfather is the voices of both Alec Guinness and Ewan McGregor in that... In that flashback. In the flashback yeah. scene. Talking about, her, talking about the first steps. Mm. Yeah. 
Ray, that would be cool, actually. First steps. Yeah, that would be cool because it was pointed out in like one of those Tumblr posts that Star Wars is basically the story of how the Skywalkers fucked up the galaxy. It's like keeping up with the Kardashians, but in space. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So if it's like the Kenobi family has some influence too, then that'd be great. Which I suppose they should, because, you know, Kenobi trained at Anakin. Yep. Cool. So that'd be a nice tie. And here's the prophecy about the Chosen One to bring balance of the Force about Rey. Well... Or do we... For this trilogy, perhaps, and then, like, in ten years' time... Again, that's my one gripe, I think, with Star Wars. What's that? Um... Like that Disney have said that they're going to release a new film every single year, mm. whether it's a trilogy film or a franchise film. I'm just like, I kind of wish you wouldn't. Yeah. What Don't makes want to ring it to death? Yeah. What makes the Star Wars trilogy so special is that it's generational. Yeah. Um, and yeah, the diehard fans will come back to it, and there'll be stuff there to love. Um, not so much with the prequel trilogy for us, for our generation, but yeah, they shouldn't do one every year. They should finish this trilogy. Wait another ten years, do another trilogy. Yeah. Keep the story going that way. It should be a generational thing. That would make sense. I mean, that was that was kind of how I was always anticipating it. And I, I remember back when Jedi finished, and I was reading the Return of the Jedi comic, and there was an article in there at the end. I don't know whether I've said this before on a show, but there was an article in there saying that they were going to make another trilogy of films set afterwards, uh, and it'd probably be about ten years or so before it came out. Uh, which is why I was so excited when we heard about the new film yeah. coming out and then was utterly distraught at <laughs> carnage that then ensued. Yeah, but like The Force Awakens puts the ghost of the prequels to bed. Oh, totally. Yeah, yeah. It really does. Yeah. And I, I you know, I I think I'm now going to do this year's May the fourth. I'm planning on doing machete order. Which is... Have you heard of Machete Order? So, the order of watching the films is that you watch uh, Star Wars, Empire, Episode 2, Episode 3, Jedi. Okay, so 2 and 3 are flashbacks, yes. essentially. Yes, essentially 2 and 3 is an extended flashback of once you've found out about Vader being Luke's dad, you then go back and see the whole story of it. You ignore Episode 1 because... It's pointless. There's nothing in there yeah. that isn't resolved before the end of the film. The big bad guy Darth Maul is dead. The, there's a whole bunch of every, everything else in there is wrapped up in that first film. So you only need to start from episode two, and there are only minor things that cannot be explained from watching episode two because all the characters are reintroduced again. Yeah, and there are only minor things about uh, like a reference to Anakin being that little boy she met on Tatooine. The that are the only things that make it not work correctly. But other than that, that order of films works. Doesn't have any spoilers, so you can watch it from without ever having seen Star Wars. You can watch it in that order, and it will preserve all the surprises and tell a better story. Yeah. And then finish with episode seven. And then you can finish with episode seven. Yeah. So I think that that's my plan for uh, for... May the 4th this year. Which is a Wednesday, I think. I checked it out. I want to make sure I can get that day off work. Yeah. So, yeah. Machete audit. Have a read about it online. There's, a, there's an excellent article. I think it's mentioned in Big Bang Theory. Yeah. I think it's a joke from the Big Bang Theory about it. 
but yeah, I'll I'll try and root out the link for the article. I'll post it in the show notes. Cool. But uh, it's an interesting discussion on why machete order works. Right. Anything that avoids episode one, it completely <laughs> cuts it out because it's, it's unnecessary. Good. Yeah. Man, you have to like find an extra two and a half hours for Star Wars Day. You just got it by cutting out episode one. Well done. <laughs> There we go. <laughs> to be honest, I never watch episode one. No, it's probably because, and it it makes it feel like a slog trying to get through those. And then by the time you get to Star, like the, the original trilogy, you're knackered. And yeah. So this way, you start out with Star Wars, which is awesome. Then you have Empire, which has the really harsh ending. Then you go for Clone Wars, which is essentially the love story. Then Revenge of the Sith, which ends on a down harsh note. And then everything gets wrapped up in the end in Jedi. Has to be done. Yeah, okay, cool. I'll do it. <laughs> sold? Yeah, I'm sold. <laughs> ah, right. Cool. Any other? I don't think any more Star Wars stuff that I noticed. I think we pretty much covered it, to be honest. I think that's a lot of it. I mean, there's a lot of other weird things, like the, you know, should Poe Dameron have come back? Well, he wasn't originally going to. Indeed. Yeah. He was meant to be the death. Yeah. He was going to die, which is why he's not there for so long during yeah. the film because um, he just appears again out of nowhere uh, I remember being confused the first time and going what yeah, is sudden, this... suddenly he's leading the TIE fighters yeah. the uh, X-Wings yeah, across, yeah. the, across the lake but how fucking awesome was that scene it was well, yeah utterly awesome and you just saw the X-Wings and they just flying across the lake and you're just like oh, fuck yes yeah. bring it on there were so many scenes in that film where I was just like yes just doing all the yeah so Fist good. Pump. Fist pumps all the way. <laughs> so yeah, I, I think I, I I had minor issues with the Poe Dameron reveal. I, I I think that that felt a bit false. But other than that, so it's great, I'm well, glad he's there because he he's, he he rounds off a trio. Yeah. Well, he was approached for the role and told that he was going to die. And he was like, well, I'm not sure then. Let me think about it. Went away, thought about it, and came back and said, yeah, it's Star Wars. I'll mm. do it. At which point Abrams had already written a longer uh, piece for him. Yeah. Because he yeah. just wanted him to be in the film. Um, so other, other cameos that I thought were good. Greg Grunberg. Oh, Matt Parkman. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That was awesome. And also, I, I can't Ken Young. the guy's name, but he plays the... Um, He's the psychic in Lost, as well, the Chinese guy. Oh, Ken... Yeah, it's Ken, Ken Lung, or Ken Young. So, yeah. Because yeah. he's, he's, um, he's the accountant from Person of Interest. Yes, yes, he is, yes. Which I started... You know, you know I said I was going to watch all of those over, over yeah. Christmas? Halfway through season three. We finished Supernatural. Did you? Oh. 11 seasons Jesus. in less than eight weeks. <laughs> that girl has a problem now. She's still Team Dean? Oh, God, yes. Well, she's kind of wavered a bit to Team Castiel. Yeah, I told you she would. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, that was fun. Yeah. We've been through the whole of that. She's now caught up. Why? Um, yeah. That was uh, an interesting Christmas. <laughs> Where were we? Okay. Um, that's pretty much it for today, I think. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, yeah. So that we, we were just finishing off on cameos. I think so. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I don't know whether there were any other. Cause we knew the Simon Pegg one. We knew the yeah. uh, Daniel Craig. Um, yeah, Greg Grunberg. 
I think that was it, wasn't it? Unless I, I honestly was. wasn't looking out for cameos. Well, nor was I. And, I, and I was interested afterwards reading who did have cameos in them and who they were. And uh, you know, the Simon Pegg one was like, oh, okay, fair enough. See, second time round, I still couldn't even spot it that it was him. No, well, no, I couldn't spot it was. I just knew it was the second yeah. time. Um, it's not like um, in Guidance of the Galaxy, you can spot Nathan Fillion's cameo, yeah. even though he doesn't look like him because of how he sounds. But nothing, Simon Pegg gave it away. And speaking of which, I, I, I don't know what this is, whether this is right or not, but I swear that when you see the long shot of a ship taking off, on Jakku, it looked like Firefly. Really? <laughs> it did. It, 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 uh, both times I've seen it, I've gone, that really looks like Firefly just going All right, off. let's check it out. And I don't know whether it is or not. It's... Oh, I know the one you're thinking of. It's when uh, uh, when Ray's just found BB-8. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, and she's just settling in for the night she watched yeah. the ship. Yeah. And uh, you just see a ship taking off in the background. I now have an excuse to watch it for a third time. <laughs> uh, I, I don't know. It's completely unsubstantiated. I've not seen anybody mention it on the internet or anything. It's just every time I've seen that and looked at it, it looks like that scene where uh, Firefly just takes off uh, okay. in one of the first episodes. Okay. I'll check that out. Um, Kevin Smith thinks there might be a Clerks reference in there as All right, well. Okay. Um, when. They ask Finn how he knows this stuff, and he says that he works, works in, in sanitation. sanitation. Yeah. Yeah. So Kevin Smith was geeking out about that big time. <laughs> he was just like, I've made my my living making movies that are referencing Star Wars, and now they're referencing my movies. I, I, so meta. That's, that is a bit of a weird question that it brings for me, is... is did Finn really just work in sanitation on the Starkiller base? And if so, how did he end up as a stormtrooper? And there's a whole bunch of questions there that don't make sense around Finn's character. Uh, I think that was probably bullshit. Okay. Because he says he knows how to blow up stuff on there, then he doesn't, and then he works in sanitation, and then he doesn't know how to blow stuff up. So, he's, like, he's like the opposite of Ray. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so, Lucks into a lot of things rather than just knows how to do them. Yeah, it just seemed a bit odd uh, and a bit weird. And I thought it was a very brave choice to end out the film with him being unconscious and not even getting a last line. Yeah. That was a, a very brave move. And in keeping with all the other uh, movies in the, in the trilogy so far, Chewie gets the last word. Because he's there okay, by the ship and goes, Roar, and then she wanders up the cliff face and gives back the thing, but doesn't say anything. So oh, yeah. the last word in the film goes to Chewie again. Fair play. Which is what I noted about the original trilogy, is that in the original trilogy, Chewie gets the last word in every film. Boss. <laughs> awesome. So on that bit of nerdy, on, yeah, <laughs> nerdy Easter eggness. Crazy amount of nerdiness. Okay. Um, yeah. That's all for this show then. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I, I guess, you know, I think we're coming back next time. We're going to do a bit of a look ahead. Yeah, look ahead. So we've done, we've done a brief recap of our personal highs and lows from last year and my top five films. Um, I'll put the full top ten list up on the site. Um, and I'm going to be tackling a lot more film reviews over the course of this year. So that's good. But yeah, next time we look forward. Yeah, uh, I've been putting together a schedule of stuff we're going to hopefully release through the site in the next year or so. And hopefully we've got a hell of a lot of stuff coming up. And we've got some good interviews coming up as well. Definitely. So yeah, uh, thank you all for for listening and bearing with us. We hope to see more of you over 2016. 
But that's all for this show. I've been Brendan. I've been Spindles. And until next time, take care and be excellent to each other. Thank <laughs> you.